City employees have begun moving into new offices on 101 Ash Street this week, more than three years after the city purchased the 19-story building. In that period of time, the city paid almost $18,000 a day to lease the vacant space, a total that adds up to $18.7 million. The multi-year move has raised concerns in City Hall, however, it's unclear what can be done to prevent such boondoggles in the future. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Jeff McDonald, you're part of the Watchdog team at the Union-Tribune, and recently we had news about city workers finally moving into a building that was bought several years ago. You've been writing about this for some time. Why don't you explain the beginning of this controversy? Um, so someone brought to my attention, someone at City Hall brought my, uh, to my attention this transaction that was a rent-to-own agreement the city reached uh, in, in late 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is uh, almost two years ago now. And so the city entered into this uh, contract to lease the building on a 20-year note, to, and then they would own it. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a basically a rent-to-own deal. Um, which is not a bad deal. It's a it's a good deal. They paid a lot more than uh, the total of the payments come to around uh, 130 million, and the building was valued at a little more than half that. Mm-hmm. But that's 20 years of financing, and anybody who owns a house will tell you that's uh, you know that's what mortgages cost. Uh, the problem with this building is that when the mayor's office went to the city council for approval to in- make this investment, they told the city council the building was in tip-top shape. It was the world headquarters for Semper Energy, a Fortune Mm -hmm. 500 company, and basically that the city could move its workforce in within months. And that wasn't the case. That was not the case. Uh, They paid $535,000 a month in rent, uh, Mm -hmm. mortgage, lease payment, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I did the math. It comes out to almost $18,000 every day. And it's been vacant for more than three years. Uh, although the, the the contract was signed in early January, so it's just under three years it's mm-hmm. been vacant that the city's been making uh, payments on the vacant building, and it's totaled um, like almost $18 million in, in rent uh, mm-hmm. for a vacant building. Yeah, and I remember you wrote those stories uh, after kind of the initial one, and that $18 million figure does kind of stand out. So what were the reasons why they weren't able to move in so fast, and how were they able to kind of, you know, pull a fast one over the city council in a way? Uh, Well, uh, I never got to the bottom of the error that led to the the miscalculation. Mm -hmm. Uh, What the mayor's office has said is that uh, they wanted to increase the number of employees that would eventually be housed in the building. It's a 19-story tower. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, part of the San Diego skyline. It's the old Semper building. Uh, right on Ash Street, so it's really close to City Hall. So it, it, like I said, it's a good deal. A lot yeah, of it works sense. for the city. Uh, when they decided to increase the number of workers that would, you know, toil every day inside the building, that led to a reconfiguration of not just workspaces, but some walls, uh, heating and air conditioning, IT um, capabilities. All sorts of things. And then once they started moving things, they encountered asbestos. Uh, they encountered plumbing issues, uh, a whole number of, uh, of, uh, of uh, things that hadn't been calculated into the original estimate. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like the building was not even that great for Sempra <laughs> while they were there. 
well, okay. I, I'm, it's a Fortune 500 company, <laughs> yeah. and it's their world headquarters. So, I, you know, they may do. I've been inside the building. It's mm. beautiful inside. It was mm. a year ago when I when I toured it. It's um, and especially the executive suites, the top couple of floors where the fire department's moving in. Um, very nice, nicely appointed, and it was all furnished. Everything. I mean, mm-hmm. it. They literally could have moved in within weeks or months if they'd gone down that path. Uh, they ran out of money uh, to uh, renovate, and they had to go back to the city council last year for an extra $30 million appropriation. Uh, they expended those funds uh, and completed the renovations just this month, uh, and workers started moving in uh, Monday of this week. Mm-hmm. And during this period of time in which there was no one working in this building and it was vacant and, you know, the city was paying for it. Was there anyone within the city council or within the city kind of saying, hey, what's taking so long? Was there anyone kind of expressing their displeasure there? Yes. Uh, the council members were not pleased. They were very uh, chagrined that they were not told more information in October of 2016 when they first reached uh, the agreement, to when they approved the agreement. That was a different city council. There are several new members since then. Um, Last year, when the mayor's office had to come back to the council for the supplemental appropriation, there was uh, it was a long hearing with a lot of criticisms of how the transaction was handled, mm-hmm. why more information wasn't disclosed, uh, and at some point they just said, "Well, we're in for a dime, in for a dollar, so we really have no choice but to complete the renovations on all 19 floors, and uh, and 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 keep going." Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, once the ball's rolling on this kind of transaction, you really can't back out of it. So a delay to a certain extent happens, makes sense. This is a long delay. Is there anything the city council or the mayor could do in the future to prevent these kind of extended delays? Or is this just kind of like bureaucracy in action? It just is what it is. Uh, I wouldn't say it is what it is uh, as a matter of course. Uh Sure, some of the criticism, Councilwoman Barbara Bree, uh, in the story that ran today, uh, she was critical, uh, as she has been in the past. Uh, basically, her position, Mark Kirsty, uh, at the hearing a year ago, they all said the city should have done a better job planning long before they signed the contract, uh, which seems clear to us. Uh, maybe there's more information that we're not aware of, but from where outsiders sit and what they see, uh, this was pretty badly bungled. Mm -hmm. And while you were covering this kind of over a period of time, was there any kind of one part of this that really took you by surprise as just an example of, well, this isn't how our city should be run, but that's what's happening? Well, I love the power wash analogy. The report to the council in 2016 said it's a class A building, which is the best, uh, and all it needs is a $10,000 power scrubbing and we can move right in. Uh, that clearly was not the case. Uh, or maybe the extra 300 employees they plan to wedge into the building, maybe that did require a three-year wait and, uh, you know, $30 million more dollars. I don't know. We, we ask for all the records. We get some records. There's, we never get the full story. Uh, the mayor's office position is that even if it is delayed, um, this is going to be a great investment that's going to save us, the latest estimate is $58 million over the next 20 years in rents that we're not having to pay any mm-hmm. longer because the workers are moving into the uh, least-owned building on Ash Street. 
uh, what's the, what's more is rents keep rising downtown so that we're going to save money. They get parking, mm-hmm. lots of uh, lots of benefits. And as I said, any homeowner will tell you it's probably better to be paying, making your housing payment to yourself than to uh, a landlord. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, three years is a long time to go from acquiring the building to moving in. Yeah, and kind of hearing that uh, power wash uh, statement, it kind of sounds like we listen a little bit too closely to a used car salesman in a way. <laughs> it does seem um, hard to believe that that was all. And, and if that was all, then what else went wrong? I mean, mm-hmm. a lot must have gone wrong for it to uh, to take three years to remedy. It's it's not the only questionable real estate deal this mayor has uh, engaged in. They bought a skydiving center uh, two years ago without a... Uh, Without a second, uh, without an appraisal, uh, that and now it's turned into a housing navigation center. Even though there's wind tunnels in the middle of it, uh, a couple of other questionable real estate deals in his uh, track record as well. Mm-hmm. So, if you're a member of uh, the city or another organization and you want to share some information with UT Watchdog, what's the best way of doing so, Jeff? Uh, email, phone calls, dropping off records, uh, whatever. We're easy to find. My direct phone number is 293-1708 in the 619 area code. Mm -hmm. All right. Jeff McDonald, thank you so much. Thank you, Daniel. In other city news, the city is planning to streamline how it handles renewals for marijuana dispensary permits. Starting in 2020, dispensaries that got their permits in 2015 will have to renew. They'll be allowed to do so unless crime has increased at or near the dispensary, or the dispensary violated its permit multiple times. The new process would also apply to the 40 city-approved production businesses. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix, which goes live weekdays at 5 p.m. On weekday mornings, you can also hear a quick rundown of local weather and headlines. Just tell your smart speaker to launch the San Diego Union Tribune. You can also get the Flash Briefing as a podcast. For a full listing of our audio offerings, go to unitube.com slash podcasts. Until next time.